0: you're listening to another sermon by pastor michael zapata from the potter's house christian church and uh so i'm going to just speak for a few moments if you brought your bibles uh let's turn to the book of ruth chapter one book of ruth chapter one we're going to be reading verse six through to uh, seventeen now life is filled with vows and the vows that we make uh, signify and even solidify how we live our lives. We make vows to our loved ones. We make vows to close friends and family members, those who we work with, colleagues and bosses. And these vows are supposed to be the guidelines to our lives. Now, the tragedy is that today vows have become disposable. You add time to those vows and now how you used to feel has changed. And as a result, uh, the vow that you had made in front of others and made uh, in front uh, uh, of those that were present uh, have become disposable. Australians' average length of marriages is now down to 12.1 years. They say that one in five uh, will marry more than once and one in three will end up in divorce. Now that's tragic, especially when we have displayed everything that we have this morning with the vows that were spoken, the very things that were said, in sickness and in health uh, when rich or poor till death do us part uh, and let me just say to you this morning that there is a there is a seriousness when it comes to the vows that we make it can be uh, you know as simple as you know what i want to sign up for a phone contract you made a vow you signed and you can't now go back and say you know what i don't want the phone anymore i don't want the contract they go no 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 too bad you got to pay you're in and so vows are something that you and i need to recognize are important for our lives i read an article of a chinese man who was uh, uh, amazed his doctors when waking up from a five year coma state they believed he was going to wake up a vegetable but according to uh, uh, the doctors, uh, uh, he went into coma in uh, 2013 after being hit by a speeding mo- motorcycle, uh, riding uh, a scooter. Uh, and there, uh, five years, he was in a coma. The doctor said that his wife... Uh, uh, would then come to her every uh, come to him every single day, twenty hours a, a day. She would devote uh, the next half decade to care for her husband. She would spend that time talking to her husband, playing songs, and even feeding him uh, by placing food in his mouth. Due to the constant care. now finally five years comes up, uh, and the first words that he utters. Once he comes back to uh, came out of that coma state, was wife. I love you. Now that's so romantic, but you have to realize that behind all that was happening was a vow that she made, a vow till death do us part. Uh, and so I want to take this morning a story that's found in the book of Ruth. This story is speaking about uh, three people's lives. In fact, it started with six, and it is down to. Three. The Bible speaks about a family that left Bethlehem. Now, to journey to a faraway city because where they lived was no longer prospering. And in that journey, after leaving home, they began to lose everything. In fact, Naomi, who was married, lost her husband. She had two sons that were both married, and both of those sons passed away. Now there is a mother-in-law with two daughters-in-laws, and they are making the decision of what to do next. What transpires so powerfully in this story is that there are three women, and one makes a vow to Naomi out of the two daughters in law, and her life is transformed from that very vow. One vow changed the whole direction of her life, causing her to prosper and step into the blessing of God. Ruth chapter 1. Verses 6-17, the Bible says these words, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited His people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was, And her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, uh, return each other to uh, your mother's house. The Lord dealt kindly with you, and you have dealt uh, with the dead and with me. The Lord grant uh, that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted their voices and began to weep. And they said to her, Surely... We will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb? And have they been and may be there for you as husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have husbands for you. If I should say, I hope, if I should have, have husbands tonight and should also bear sons... Would you wait for them till they were grown? Uh, Would you restrain yourself from having husbands? No, my daughters, uh, for it grieves me very much uh, for your sakes uh, that the hand of the Lord has gone uh, against me. Then they lifted their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Now this is what I want to focus on. And she said, look. Your sister-in-law has gone back to her house and to her gods. uh, Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you uh, or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Uh, Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also uh, if anything but death parts you." Um, and me the vow i want to look firstly and focus on making vows now we like romanticizing and i know i've been married for 13 years and you kind of begin to replay that tape of that day when uh, i proposed to my wife and you begin to think well what would i do different uh, how would i approach it or even on the very day what would i say would i have i uh, you know come up with a song or a, a, a poem or something like that and we romanticize about uh, those things that we said to our loved ones now there's a big thing today going around where it comes to vows uh, and that is basically two couples that begin to write their own vows. This has become very popular. And uh, just a few humorous uh, writing of your own vows. That one uh, 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 you know, a man wrote down in his vows, I promise to love you, even during the footy season. <laughs> I promise to love you. And this is the woman speaking now. Even when you're snoring and you have a terrible love for 80s ballads. Another wrote, I promise to unclog the drain, even though you're the only one with long hair. (laughs) I promise to put down the toilet seat, one man wrote, and to replace the toilet roll when it's over and to never, ever, ever forget our wedding anniversary or your birthday. One wrote, I promise to be there for you, through the toughest trials in our lives and to cry with you. These trials do not include when you are on YouTube uh, watching footage of soldiers being reunited with the, your, their daughters, you'll be crying on your own with those. Uh, and so you have these things, these vows that we say. Notice it how this is very important. Three ladies, two of them, uh, are there at the crossroads of life, one, both are weeping, both are emotional. How many know you can make a a lot of silly promises when you're emotional? It's all of a sudden the emotion, the feelings are rising up and you absolutely, but then all of a sudden when the emotions dissipate, you realize, what did I just sign up for? And so here are these two young ladies that are making a vow. And in Ruth 1.10, the Bible says, surely we will return with you to your home. They said, we're coming with you. We are not leaving your side. But what we find out only a short while later is that after being challenged about that vow, one reneges. One changes her mind. One thinks, you know what, I'm not, I can't do this th- anymore. I don't feel as though uh, I'm up to the task. And turns back and goes back to her old lifestyle, goes back to her old gods uh, and her, own, uh, her old friends. Now, the purpose of a vow is to be able to draw the best out of you. By making vows in our lives, we are stepping into a greater dimension. Making vows is one thing, but keeping them is another. Can anybody say amen? How many married couples have ever found themselves wrestling with the vows that they made? I'll be the, uh, don't, you don't have to put your hand up. I'll put your hand up for you. You wrestle with that. Now, I've been married, like I said, 13 years uh, to the same woman. I have to stipulate that. And I have good news for uh, Dylan and Aisha. It's only the 13 first years of your marriage that have been hard. (laughs) For my life, as I can speak from experience, I'm sure that it gets better maybe next year or even the year after that. Brace yourself in. There's a book that I'm beginning to read uh, uh, for married couples. Uh, uh, one is for, uh, uh, for men only and for women only. Uh, written by Shaunti and Jeff Feldham. And uh, it mentions of a time where this man, he's in a marriage seminar, there's married couples there, uh, and he's trying to get the men to realize, you know what, you've made vows and you have to stick to them. And even when you are fighting, you are uh, called to be the man and to love uh, the woman of uh, 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 the, your youth, the one that you made vows to. Uh, and one man rose, you know, rose his hand up, he goes, you mean I have to? I have to hug that porcupine? And the immediate response from all the women was, absolutely you have to hug us. Because it's this mentality where it's easy to say, Yes, and I love you when things are flowing and there's the, you know, you're at the altar and here we are in a very emotional and loving time, but then things begin to happen. Now we're being questioned, do you still love me? Do you still want to be with me? Years on down the track, when our vows are challenged, the truth is, is that our vows are what come under scrutiny. Scrutiny. The truth is, is that you made a vow and that means something. Ecclesiastics chapter 5, verse 2, the Bible says, Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth, therefore let your words be few. Ecclesiastic 5:4, the Bible says, Make when you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools, pay what you have vowed. In other words, How many know that you would be very quickly burning bridges by making vows and never keeping them? Saying one thing and doing the other. And then going, well, it was just a passing comment. I really didn't mean that. The God that we serve is a vow maker. He has made promises to each and every one of us and He intends of keeping every single one of them. And so when we enter into a a vow... We have to understand that this is a godly attribute, uh, and the moment we go against those vows, we are violating uh, or even misrepresenting uh, the God that we serve. This is why God hates divorce. We made a vow. There is something that's been written, that's been signed. It's time to live up to that vow. So let's look secondly at keeping vows. Now, when we see that Ruth seals her commitment to stay... Uh, with uh, naomi because of a vow ruth at uh, 1 and 17 but ruth said entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following it after you uh, for wherever you go i will go wherever you lodge i will lodge your people shall be my people and your god my god where you die i will die and there will uh, there i will be buried the lord do so to me and also uh, if any uh, anything but death put parts you and me now one of the most uh, uh, gripping statements that we have in our scripture is this very uh, uh, vow that uh, Ruth makes. The essence of this vow is, has to do with uniting one to another. And so what you saw and what you uh, experienced this morning is a vow. And Aisha, you made vows to uh, your new husband. And Dylan, you made vows now to your wife. Uh, and this is what the Bible says, becoming uh, one flesh. In Genesis two twenty three, Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Uh, she shall be called woman because she was taken uh, out of man. And so this very principle now is what we... We begin to live out. Uh, You are now joined together because of this vow. A vow is what unites us. Uh, And if we're going to be able to live up to what God represents when when it comes to vow, we have to understand the effects of every vow. Number one, a vow unites us in direction. The Bible says, for wherever you go, I will go. And so it's this Uniting in direction. How many know it's not going to be very good if, as a parent, you forget to take your children and put them in the car and go to the shops? <laughs> right? It's a ch- you, you've got, you are going in the same direction, and the same is true when it comes to uh, us with our newly where you know we've made a vow we are going in the same direction and can I just highlight you are on a journey and this journey is together there was a time Dylan where it was I'm going out and I'm coming back whenever I please and now oh ain't gonna happen you're gonna be getting a little text okay it's time to come home homeboy you'll be getting the eye right the eye what's this What do you call that? (laughs) Because you are on a journey together and you are to take the love of your life together in this journey. And so here is the challenge that through a vow that I chose to go wherever you go, I will be there. I will support. It is in this journey that we now unite in a direction forever now heading in the same direction direction secondly is there is a uniting in placement wherever you lodge the Bible says I will lodge now cohabitation they say today is very popular in fact they believe that uh, four out of five couples cohabitate before uh, marriage now again as Christians we are challenged To be able to learn to live by ourselves and in that day when we say I do until I say you may kiss the bride, the truth is you may not kiss the bride until that day. But now it's the try before you buy it. It's how do you know if you can, uh, you know, live together if you don't at least try. Uh, And so it's this challenge. But here, why? Because it's this fear. What will happen the day that I'm there and it's me and her and that's it? We've both signed the lease. The good news is that when you make vows, you stand by that. You say, I'm going to be where you go, I will go. Uh, And let me just say this, that the blessing of God was linked uh, to Ruth's life as she began to leave uh, Moab and go back to where uh, Naomi was from. And it was in that uh, that the blessing began to be poured out upon her life. It's important to realize vows unite you in placement God has something, not just for Dylan and you're there to follow, God has something for both of you. And it's in that uh, you need to rest assured that God is going to take you both uh, and place you in his hands and he's going to protect you and he's going to give you direction. Number three, that vows unite us with people. She says, uh, your people shall be my people. That's very interesting at how, you know, when you're single it's night. you know it's a guys night out we need guys night out I, and the girls are you know what I just need a girls night out you know that's wonderful and it sounds nice but the truth is is that the problem with that is many times it's married guys hanging out with single guys it's married girls hanging out with single girls and this breeds a uh, you know a, 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 a anxious spirit it begins to breed a, a discontentment because you married girls how many of you know married women are different to single girls they live different lives and so it's like you go and hang out with your single girl you're tied down you're this you know and, and it just becomes this discontent as married people again you're not to you know just throw that away but you have to you know Now you're married, you need to make some married people friends. You need to, you know, couples, uh, hang out with them uh, and learn uh, what it is, uh, uh, you know, it entails with uh, uniting yourself with people. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so man sharpens the countenance uh, of his friend. And so here is this reality uh, that we are now, uh, uh, you know, who we are around uh, uh, is going to strengthen us and is going to help us. Uh, but the truth is a lot of people gravitate to their uh, you know, social friends and it becomes harming when uh, we've made vows to uh, our life partner. Philippians speaks about being like-minded, uh, Philippians 2.2, 2, fulfilling my joy by being like-minded, uh, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind, Corinthians 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be deceived, evil company corrupts uh, good habits, and so here is this reality. That as a vow stands, uh, you are now going to find yourself uh, searching for the same friends and, uh, and making sure that their friends are going to you know, influence you in a positive way rather than in a negative way. And then finally, uh, united in faith. Uh, the Bible says, and your God will be my God. Uh, Dylan and Aisha have made it so that we could be a part. Do this ceremony as a part of our regular services, and this has to do with an expression of their faith. Their God wants to be made real to you this morning, and it is a uniting of faith that with a vow, they said, I am going to repent of my sins, and I'm going to invite the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart and he's going to transform and he has done that uh, what a testimony it is both stand united in faith uh, 2 corinthians 6:14 the bible says do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for the fellowship has righteousness with lewdness uh, and with communion has uh, and what communion has light with darkness we must uh, stand united we must understand that our vows uh, are what strengthen us as people, as a married couple. The moment that Dylan said, I do to Aisha, it means I don't with everybody else. And the same is true with the others. And you only have eyes for one another. Your desire is to meet the needs of the one you made vows to, and you stand by that till the day that you die. So let's look thirdly and in closing at the power of the vow. Because what we see after Ruth makes that vow, she begins a journey of a lifetime. In fact, if you're a Bible student, you'll realize that Ruth is a Moabite woman. She is not of the lineage of the family of God. In fact, she is born from a lineage that was corrupted. But through one vow, God began to move instrumentally. As she joined her life uh, to Naomi, now this Moabite woman uh, is in a position to be married to a man of God. Uh, His name is Boaz and she catches his attention uh, and through the circumstances of life ends up uh, marrying Boaz and stepping into the very lineage to the house of David and furthermore uh, to the very birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, Now that came through one vow. The blessing of God, the power of one vow, the moment that you said, I do, now all of a sudden, things have changed. Your commitment that you've made is at the forefront of your mind. You can't wake up and go, you know what, I can't do this anymore, it's over. There's no plan B. Just recently, there was a a man by the name Tim Tebow. He's a uh, a famous uh, quarterback in America. And he's famous many times for just bowing his knee. He just dropped the knee and he prays before every game. He's very well known in America. And he came under scrutiny by one man that said, why does Tebow need to say he loves Jesus Christ at every game? And so again, you know, he is demonstrating he's a Christian, he loves Jesus Christ. And so Tibo re, uh, retaliated. He replied and said, If you're married and you have a wife and you really love your wife, is it good enough to only say to your wife, I love her the day you got married? Or should you tell her every single day when you wake up and have the opportunity? That's how I feel about my relationship with Jesus Christ. Tebow said, it is the most important thing in my life. So every opportunity I have to tell him uh, that I love him or I'm given an opportunity to shout it out uh, on a national TV, I'm going to take that opportunity. Think about that. It's not just a one-off. Every single day, you're going to be challenged about those vows. Every single day, you're going to come into scrutiny. You're too young to be married, or there's so much more out there. How do you know if you've met the right one? But the truth is, is that it is the vows that we make that give us the power to be able to step in to all that Jesus Christ has for our lives. Our our vows are linked to our destiny that now we make vows, we make promises, just as we made a promise to, to serve our Lord Jesus Christ, just as I made a promise to my wife, we stand by that to the very time of our death. Witnesses will remind you. God will remind you of those vows. We're living in a time today where so many vows are being thrown out. Listen to me. You are stepping into the greatest challenge of your life, but listen. God's blessings all over you. So let me leave you with two tips. Dylan, Oscar Wilde said these powerful words. He said, women are meant to be loved, not understood. Enough said. (laughs) There are going to be days that you go, what just happened? (laughs) But love her. There's not enough pages, ink to be written on to describe what she's going through, but just love her. To be able to understand her, you will love her. You just, you'll discover all that she has and all that she is as you continue to love her. Aisha, Dylan is searching for validation. He wants to know that you believe in him and that you always will have his back. And you'll be amazed at how both of those things put together, and the scripture says to love. Her. Husbands, love your wife. Wives, respect your husbands. Those things together is what's going to unite you. That vow that you made today uh, would be sealed in those two principles being put together. Live that out and let your life be a lighthouse for all those who are in desperate need. Because we are running out of the illustrations. I was looking through the websites I just need more than one story of someone that has stayed together longer than 12 years. The good news is, is that as we stick close to the word of God, we continue to honor the vows, we love and respect each other, God's blessings all over it, and he will help you through it. Hallelujah. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one moving around just for a few moments. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring this service to a close this morning, but just before we do, I want to give an opportunity for anyone that's here this morning. You're unsaved, maybe you're backslidden. You came here this morning and you uh, didn't realize it was going to be a a main service, but I'm here to declare to you that the reason why we put these uh, as a part of our regular service is because every opportunity that we can take to be able to promote our Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to take. The Bible says it's appointed unto man to die and then face judgment. And on that day of judgment, we will have to give an account for everything we've said and everything that we've done. We will be brought to a place where God will challenge us about what we did with the Lord Jesus Christ. Did we accept Him as our Savior or did we reject Him? And on that day of judgment, none of us have enough good merited towards us to be able to make heaven our home. We can't pay ourselves into heaven. We can't earn a spot by being a wonderful person. The truth is, unless a man be born again, you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. This is why Jesus Christ Died on that cross. You want to know how serious sin is. It caused Jesus to have to be whipped to have to be beaten, to have to be ridiculed and spat upon. This was Jesus' uh, 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 movement towards the cross, uh, that even while he was on that cross, uh, they pierced his side. They, the, the, the scholars believe that blood and water flowed out of his body, uh, which meant that he died of a broken heart. Why? Because he saw the devastating ramifications of our involvement, in sin. Sin is a curse. Sin will take you straight to hell. But God doesn't want you to go there. God, the promise of God is that He loves you, that He has a plan for your life, that He cares about the very intimate sides of you. He knows and numbers every hair on our head. He knows you better than you know yourself. He has a plan for your life. He has destiny for your life. And how this is obtained, how this is achieved, is through a vow. A vow that says, Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I'm believing for a brand new start. That cross on that Calvary, the the sacrifice you did on the cross of Calvary to be the payment for my sins. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me. Deliver me. And through that, receive eternal life. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I don't know who's saved and who's not. But if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ and you would like prayer, maybe there are things in your life, you know I'm not a Christian, you know you're guilty of violating God's laws. Listen to me, you're in the right place. Each and every one of us have violated God's laws. There is no one righteous, no, not one. There's not one perfect person in this place. We've all made mistakes, but God's grace is here this morning. And if you would be honest and if you would be willing to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He will come into your life. Uh, he will deliver you and He will set you free. He will give you a brand new start to life. How many would there be under the sound of my voice this morning? You'd be honest and say, you know what, I'm not a Christian, but I want to be.